0: Hey guys, welcome to MAU Talk, a new podcast from MAU Vegas, the premier mobile acquisition and retention summit. Today, Adam sits down with Luyuan Wand, Director of Marketing Partnerships North America at Facebook to discuss how strategic partnerships are helping commerce brands future-proof their businesses. Take it away, Adam.
1: Okay, welcome to the podcast Liran from Facebook is here another one of the the Facebook mini series uh, of MAU talk excited to have her. Um, So yeah, please uh, introduce yourself and we'll get right into it.
0: Great. Well, thanks, Adam. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So a little bit about myself. Um, I am part of Facebook's marketing partnerships organization and I lead the teams in North America and Latin America. We support third-party platforms across ad tech, creative, signals, messaging, and commerce. Um, Prior to Facebook, I worked at Kenshu, Google, and Gulala, and I'd say that what really kind of is uh, a common thread in my career has been helping retailers and brands succeed online. So really excited to be here today. I know we have a lot to cover. Uh, You know, some of the areas that I would love to dive into are really about the future of commerce. And more specifically, with the pandemic and the shift to online, how shopping has changed, how strategic partnerships are really crucial to navigating these changes. And lastly, would love to share with your listeners how they can future proof their business with some of our commerce solutions.
1: I love it. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean I um I can't keep track of the stats, but it's you know e-commerce growth. is not twenty percent; it's forty percent, whatever. Yeah, like, that's like half of my LinkedIn feed at, at the moment. Yeah, but it's real. I mean, that's 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 for real. I haven't been in a store in forever here in Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> so it's perfect timing. Okay, all right. So um, let's start there. So COVID, you know, obviously has accelerated e-commerce growth, not just in the U.S. but but globally. Um, so uh, it ch- completely changed the way I shop personally. Like. Like a hundred percent of my purchases are now online, even groceries. Yeah. Um, so what's your, what, what's your, like some sort of collective organizational take yeah. on what that means, you know, for especially e-commerce companies, but I guess just, just businesses in general.
0: Yeah. So you're not alone. Uh, many of us have not stepped in a store for a few months now, and we've certainly seen shopping behaviors change for many years. This is not new. But what is really interesting is the massive behavioral shift that has really been accelerated dramatically in the last eight months as a result of the pandemic. And just to kind of put this in a little bit of perspective, in the US, for example, shelter in place measures have accelerated e-commerce adoption to the point, Adam, where we saw 10 years worth of growth in just two months.
1: There you go. So the this is, is the real. stat. That's, That's the stat. stat. This is the LinkedIn feed <laughs> stat. All right. Now you've
0: well, there we go. Let's break it down further <laughs> then. Uh, let's break this down. Let's really understand, you know, beyond the stat, what does this mean for people? And more importantly, for businesses as they shift, um, as they're required to make this shift online. So this shift has really required businesses to rethink their business models and to move quickly to this online world. And many of these businesses, Adam, did not even have an online presence prior to the pandemic, let alone a sophisticated digital marketing strategy, which I know a lot of your listeners do. But if you think about the small, medium businesses that were struggling um, with the online shift, they have had to to relearn how they run their business in a really short amount of time. So today businesses really need to have a wide range of specialized knowledge and skills and to be able to touch the user and journey across the entire experience. You know, we talk about this a lot at Facebook but we say that yesterday's Fortune 500 companies would be, you know, completely astounded by the sophisticated tools and audiences that even the smallest of businesses today have access to. Yep. And the future we know um, holds even more opportunity, and with it complexity. As more technology, more channels, more data are needed to help the you know to help the industry evolve and keep up with the consumer demands. And with this, there's a lot of complexity, competition, and um, and and really pressure for businesses, small and large, to keep up.
1: Okay, so I'll give you I'll give you a specific anecdote. I yeah. work with you know now my my day job all kinds of companies and. If you are like using something like Shopify Mm -hmm. and the Facebook Shopify integration out of the box, (laughs) in some cases, it's like a more sophisticated, like tracking setup than like many massive companies that I talk to have. And it costs like, you know, $25 a month or whatever Shopify costs. So I think that is like, that is beyond true. Like years ago at Living Social, we had, we had a team of a hundred plus engineers rebuilding what is essentially lesser functionality than Shopify provides out of the box. So, I like, think that's pretty like incredible. And that's just one piece yeah. of the overall marketing. Like, yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's beyond. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Right, so yeah. Um, the like partnership um, ecosystem around like Facebook and Instagram, I actually remember when it first started but is now this like totally like massive thing. So yeah. maybe you could just tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. Like, like what, yeah, what 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 are what are maybe the pieces of that puzzle that exists now? For sure.
0: Yeah, so you called out a few of the partners that we work with, but when we think about the Facebook marketing partner ecosystem, or we call it the FMP ecosystem, we're really talking about thousands of partners, Adam, that we work with. Now, in the past, a lot of people have thought about this ecosystem is really focused on ad tech, but we've seen it yeah. evolve and are really uh, working with strategic partners that help clients solve nearly any challenge that they have. So to give you a few examples, right, to really put this into concrete examples, a business today has to manage an increased volume of customer inquiries about their inventory or shipping or any support questions as we've seen in e-commerce. And we're seeing that only Grow as the shift to, to online becomes real. Absolutely. So we have we have a set of messaging partners and community management partners who can help businesses stay on top of that and really do low cost, easy customer um, customer support over messaging apps and over our community management tools. Cool. We also know that you know as businesses shift online, a lot comes into that. Right. It's not simple for a retail store to move online. They need to set up a feed to set up a website. So we have a vast variety of partners who can help with all of that, with feed, website, technical services, to really help businesses get up and running quickly online, or even to set up a Facebook shop, which is a new product, which I'm sure we'll talk about in in a little bit. Creative, for example, with the shelter in place, people can go out and take new uh, creative assets and take pictures. But so we have a whole group of creative partners who have really helped businesses meet these challenges and to really help them evolve their creative effectively, because we know that good, fresh, relevant, creative is really key to driving ROI for your media campaigns. And I know I know you know that as well as well. Oh, as Oh, yeah. Listeners. Um, maybe just to ground this around an example that is really relevant for the pandemic. So. There was a partnership between Kirkland's Home Decor and Ad Parlor, which is one of our FMP uh, partners. Kirkland's Home Decor already had an online business, as as do many large brands. But with the hit of the pandemic, they had to close down their brick-and-mortar store. This all took place in April 2020, when shelter-in-place first um, first took order. They had to really shift their business model quickly. So what they did is they worked with Ad Parlor to implement a curbside pickup service to help make the shopping experience more convenient for their customers. In order to do that, they had to boost awareness and sales. And so in partnership with Adparler, they really built a, a Facebook campaign that was optimized for online purchase with curbside pickup. And this That's is cool. just one example. And what was really key here was not just about finding the right partner, but Ad Parlor was really able to help Kirkland move quickly and effectively. As as you know, it was just demanded by a lot, uh, but for for a lot of brands to be able to do that in order to stay in business and to continue to thrive in this new
1: reality. I love it. Okay, a couple of things. One, the ad car ad parlor. That's a great poll because they've been around forever. Like I think yeah. I was an ad parlor client like a decade ago. So that's yeah. awesome. I can't yeah. totally remember them being to in them Toronto, thrive. but I'm, I'm sure it's much yes. bigger thing now. Yeah. Okay. Spectacular. Number two. This is an unsolicited host anecdote, but just in my day-to-day, and I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people on this, um, a lot of people on this podcast will agree, like like the creative piece in terms of the, the partner ecosystem, that has like grown so much. And it is so, so, so helpful um, when, you know, you can't get to your studio, you're not in your, like, it's a really problematic time to be generating any creative exactly. assets. It doesn't even matter where yeah. they are. Um, exactly. So I, yeah, I, I totally co-sign or buy that. Like that's yeah. that's everyone I talk to is like wondering like, oh, you know, how, how could I go about that? Whether it's agencies or, you know, individuals or like whatever, because it's like really tricky um, and not just performance, like basically anybody needs assets. So that's a great one. Okay, um, so a really, really, really common, arguably kind of like lame, um, like once a year advertising industry uh, article title is like, you know, in-housing, like there's some stat, somebody pulls and it's like, everybody's in-housing. And then there's this like big um, sort of back and forth in our little ecosystem of like, well, is it in-housing or not in-housing? And um, I-, I find that, you know, that, that conversation sometimes, is like actually talking about a particular type of media and then gets applied to everything, like programmatic display is a great example. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious, like what is your, since you're, since you're dealing with this partnership partner ecosystem and evidently the ecosystem has grown dramatically, like what's your read, not not so much about in-housing, but like where do the partners fit in? Yeah. Like how commonplace is it for companies like to be leveraging people, like any, any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah. Great question and we were actually curious about that as well because we were seeing a lot of activity but we also wanted to get you know kind of a third party to really help us assess what is the value of partners and how are brands and businesses using and leveraging the partners that we work so closely with. So we recently commissioned a study with BCG. This was done earlier this year and it was really to understand how the marketing and advertising landscape is changing for businesses and how they're leveraging partners to navigate this change. And what we saw, Adam, was really interesting. So we surveyed 200 Fortune 500 companies. This was done across North America and Europe. And what we found was that 99% of all businesses surveyed relied on an external partner for some service or solution. And what was even more interesting was that 98% of them said they will lean more heavily and outside experts for technical assistance in the future interesting so yeah so what this means when you know when you think about the buy build you know kind of you know question that i'm sure is is relevant for any brand any company any founder is that it really does take a village and that in in some cases partnering with the right partner is the right thing to do um especially with the speed of innovation right when we think about creative and marketing and commerce and signals and data right these things are moving really really quickly and when you're building a retail brand that's not necessarily your core competency so yeah. finding the right partner and learning how to partner with them effectively can really help um kind of a- accelerate your business growth but i do want to call out that we also saw a challenge Um, in in, in this whole partnership uh, model. And almost everyone that was surveyed didn't feel like they were getting it right. In the US, just to put a number to this, 88% believe that there was improvement for how they go about their partnerships and how they go about managing these partners. So while businesses are really faced with the difficult task of deciding what technology and solutions to develop internally and where to look for them, determining who to trust and, and who, to, who to go to to provide you with the right services is really important. But even more important is also to, or as important is to figure out how to best partner with them.
1: Yeah, I love those stats because like you, again, you you always tell everything's being in-house, but then you take a step back like, oh, who do you use for measurement? Yeah. And what about media mix modeling? Oh, but you use third-party creative, right? And like, who buys all the all the uh, OTT and TV? And it's like, wait a minute! You just told me you in-house everything, and you just listed like twenty companies that you work with. I love those conversations. So yeah, I totally buy that data. Um, But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're really talking about well, both technical, but also like service-enabled technologies in a lot of cases, you know. But yeah, I love I love that stat because it's I think the narrative around in-housing is such a gross oversimplification that it like it it obfuscates the fact that like you said, all those technical things you need third parties yeah. in most cases to do anything really. Um, okay. All right. So let's say I'm um uh, well any any kind of brand really. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter. And yeah. uh, you know, I've got access to um you guys have that massive directory, there's all this mm-hmm. stuff. Maybe I've got a Facebook graph, like. Okay, so how, how, I want I want to I want to leverage partners because I, I recognize that 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 is like a probably rational thing to do. What what is your since you deal with all these partner yeah. ecosystem people like what's what's your advice? How do I how do I do that well?
0: Yeah, so I think it really you can really break it down into three key things that you need to keep in mind. Kind of three main takeaways. Okay. The first is really embracing that you can't build or do everything in-house. And the stats have shown that many businesses are already embracing that. And it's really about the assessing of building in-house relative to external solutions and determining what you can manage long-term. BCG's research study found that partners are most often tapped, and you, know, you, you just alluded to this as well, but are most often tapped for creative production and design,
1: yep.
0: marketing and advertising technology, and media buying um, capabilities so that's that's the most common it's not to say that there aren't other solutions and we work with a lot of different solutions but those tend to be the ones that are most um common and again just to ground this in an example um, of of what a strong and collaborative partnership looks like so chameleon cold brew which i don't know if you're familiar with them but they're one of Mm -hmm. my favorite local austin brands had recently partnered with Tongle. they were able to use Um, existing assets from Chameleon and repurpose them into Instagram video ads, for example, rather than having to produce new assets that use polling stickers. So adding a more interactive, fun, engaged um, aspect to it to really drive an interactive experience for their their customers. So by understanding, you know, that Chameleon is targeting uh, a a younger, um, you know, very active on Instagram audience, their partnership with Tongle really allowed them to effectively, you know, drive that engagement leading to to increase um, in, in engagement and, and sales.
1: I got to Google so Tongle. I've never yep. heard of Tongle. There you there go. You go. You know, we have some <laughs> that have been with absolutely.
0: us for many years, but we're also seeing new partners. And it's really a thriving ecosystem where we're seeing, um, you know, companies over awesome. time evolve and then new and up and coming um, partners up as well. So definitely. Cool. Um, definitely Google them. But that's the first takeaway. So really embrace that you can't do everything in house and be very strategic on what you're going to build and what you're going to partner. The second takeaway, and you know, this one's probably pretty obvious, but we tend to forget it sometimes in the day to day grind is to treat your external partners as extensions of your team. Right. And in the survey, one of the creative VPs, Um, That took part in the survey noted that the most effective teams are the ones in which you can't tell who works for the brand and who works for the partner, and so viewing your external partners not as vendors but really as essential components to the execution of your strategy is really key. And you know, with Facebook, we say it's not about alignment; it's about alignment. Sorry, not about assignment.
1: Right. Right.
0: you know, I today work at Facebook, but I've worked with Kenshu before, which is uh, a leading FMP. So, really value that you know from from my Facebook seat today that we're really driving for this collaborative kind of one team approach when we consult to our clients and brands, and but also to our partners. Sure. Um, so that's the second takeaway. The third, and also obvious, but one that we tend to forget sometimes, is that. You need to measure success with concrete metrics that resonate across the organization but also resonate with the partners that you're working with so having successful teams align around common goals prioritizing consistent metrics that drive business impact and really be transparent about it with your partners as well now we know that every good partnership gets better when there's a little bit of push and pull and i think that there's a really big opportunity to push partnerships further based on joint capabilities from both parties and what you bring to and gain from a partnership should really evolve over time, right? It's not static. The industry is evolving, your brand is evolving, the solutions and products and channels are evolving and it really needs to be, the partnership needs to evolve together with that. So you know this and you know, you've know you been in the space for a while but the good news is, is that you know advertisers and agencies have decades of experience with the ecosystem and I think we're really, really set up for success. Um, so it's really exciting to see how marketers today are, you know, adapting and adopting um, and working with our our partner ecosystem.
1: I love it. And as someone who runs an agency, I, I, I wish I could actually bring you to talk to some of my clients, especially on B- Bullet too. Yeah.
0: Oh, damn. Yeah. No, I mean, it's uh, a hard it's, one. Yeah.
1: It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And it's yeah. You might have to. 50 partners and 50 clients with each partner and every, you know, you're not going to hit a home run every single time. At least that's my been my experience. Um, okay. All right. Cool. So that's great. So I feel like we've, we've covered the the partnership ecosystem quite comprehensively, which I like. So um, you alluded to Facebook shops. That's a yeah. big one, I know, for a lot of people. So, like, maybe you could say, say a little bit more about that. Anything else that, that you think like, people... Yeah especially in the commerce vertical should be like you know staying on top of or or at least aware of if not actually doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about this already and we've all seen the stats on LinkedIn and so forth, but we know that how people shop is changing and therefore businesses need to have additional channels by which they sell things and reach their consumers. So, Facebook Shops is probably the biggest step we've taken yet to enable e-commerce across Facebook's apps. We give businesses the ability, essentially in one go, to upload a catalog, open a storefront on Facebook and Instagram, and we give them the ability to complete transactions and have it all be integrated with ads. This, Adam, is also a uh, better experience for consumers, which is really important to us as we think about building new products, because it really provides an integrated and native experience for consumers.
1: Especially in the mobile mobile app, mobile exactly. web context. So many, I mean, even our clients, sophisticated companies, even with, you know, even the quote unquote smart advertisers, the, the number of times, you know, these the checkout flows don't work on like a large number of handset. is like, it's like really a common problem. So yeah, I- yeah. I totally buy that. Okay. Yeah. All right. what, what so really
0: simplifying it, making it easy for you to not only discover the products that you like, but really go through to acquisition and then also through our messaging apps to really be able to follow up if you have any questions um, or, cool. or support inquiries. So really want to call out some important features as we think about chops. The first as a brand brand, any change that you make to your collection and catalog in your Facebook shop goes live across all of our apps. So it's really seamless, kind of one stop. You're able to update um, and keep up with, with, with kind of your presence on, on our, on our Facebook um, apps. As I mentioned, customers can message a business through our three messaging apps. We have WhatsApp messenger and Instagram direct to get quick answers to any questions, follow-ups, shipment uh, questions, or returns. And in the future, we're going to take that one step further and really enable customers to view the business's shop and even make purchases right there in in the messaging chat. So if you think about it, it's taking the experience of walking into a store and talking to a sales agent onto your mobile phone. Um, And, you know, we've seen it, uh, we're we're seeing it start to kind of evolve in in certain parts of the world and are looking to kind of productize it and make it available to any brand and retailer. A couple other things just to call out on Facebook shops, sure. since it is a new product, and I want to make sure um, your listeners kind of uh, really understand how um, how powerful and easy it is for, for, for them to use. So you can curate products from your customers by organizing groups of products into collections to help them find the right products for them. And you can customize your brand, right? We talk a lot about um, creative and uh your brand and really being consistent across all the different channels websites um, um, that that you're present in so you're able to customize your brand through visual merchandising and you're able to add a cover image and really kind of pick and choose the color scheme and, and and brand that you want to get across on facebook apps to make sure that it's consistent with your other channels we talked about partners Um, Partners are key for this as well, and to really help businesses build and grow online through shops, we're partnering even more closely with some of the companies who are doing some great work in the space. You called out Shopify earlier. Uh, We're working closely with them. We're also working with BigCommerce, WooCommerce, who's based in Europe, Channel Advisor, Cafe24, Ken Danube, so really ensuring that we have global coverage of partners to help businesses get up and running as quickly and effectively on shops as well. The value of doing it with a partner is that they can really help you set up with your rich catalogs, create shops, test checkout, um, and run ads kind of all seamlessly through their platform. Sure. Um, And, you know, as we look to make it easier for anyone to start a business online... It's really about helping small businesses who are facing a lot of the challenges right now, right? If, if, if we look at who's struggling the most, it's really the small businesses who are not able or don't have a lot of experience in, in driving their online presence and driving user acquisition and driving for conversions and follow up. It's really about helping them, but essentially businesses of all sizes, be prepared for the future of, of e-commerce. So it's just really been accelerated through the pandemic, but we, we knew it was coming and it will come.
1: Okay. All right. It's well, here, um,
0: as we know.
1: I, <laughs> yeah. You've you've inspired me to. to we, we we spoke the other day. I did not get a chance ah, to go to one yeah. of my clients' Facebook shops. I pro- I promise I will. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. So, uh, awesome. Um, so the 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 shop stuff, I I I totally get like the seamless, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I know that discovery in and of itself and distribution, like from an advertiser's standpoint, is like yeah. I mean, the main reason why uh, people would listen to this podcast, why they advertise on Facebook, Instagram, you know, like that's that's a big driver. So um, what's the deal in discovery? Like I know yeah. there's like tagging stuff and like, yeah. You know, so any any notable yeah. discovery-y thing? So.
0: Yeah, so there's some really cool things here that we're doing and um, testing out. And the really cool thing, Adam, that we're seeing is that Lot, we're seeing a lot of behaviors happening on our platforms, even before we kind of build products around them and really seeing kind of brands really push the envelope in terms of how they're using our products um, collectively to really engage with their customers. So I'll give a couple of examples, but the essence of shops from a consumer perspective and discoverability perspective is really needing consumers where they are. Right. It's really meeting them as they're browsing, as they're getting inspiration on Facebook and Instagram. And there are a couple of ways for businesses to really leverage that. So okay. on Instagram, businesses can use our shopping tags, which is a way to highlight products from their catalog so people can easily learn more about them and take action. This is live across stories, Facebook Live, and, and your Instagram feed. Um, so you know, as someone is scrolling through, their feed and they see a story or a a post that a brand has, has put up there, they can click on it and get information right there. And then on, on the products that are being showcased. Another interesting thing that we did was that we launched shopping from creators, right? And this really allows people to shop directly from creators or influencers, because we know that's where a lot of the inspiration and engagement is coming from. So we're allowing consumers to shop directly from creators or influencers that they love without really leaving their feed or the Instagram app. And with the ability to tag products in their posts, people can easily shop, um, from, from whatever it is that they're, um, that they're showcasing. But yeah, so shopping tags is something that we, we we've rolled out and are starting to see a lot of engagement there. But we're seeing some other really cool, um, you know, ways that brands are using uh, Facebook to really create buzz um, around their brand and their product. So let's talk about Instagram product launches. And Adam, you may have heard it being referred to as drops. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a it's a cool way to drive you know anticipation, fomo, I like to call it, you know, drive kind of that fear of missing out and creating a lot of hype and buzz and people signing up and kind of that cool factor of being included in something that is limited and and maybe even secretive. Um, so it's a way for for brands to create buzz, but then also allow customers to buy the product directly from their Instagram. So let me give you an example just to kind of help the listeners understand what what this means. So sure. let's take Adidas. The, you know the, the fitness brand they partnered with childish Gambino who I don't know I don't know if you're familiar with him but um, his name is a Daniel
1: bit. <laughs> yeah Donald
0: Glover yep um, and they wanted to build anticipation around the Donald Glover Lacombe sneaker drop. So they dropped an exclusive product during Coachella to promote uh, the Adidas Donald Glover collaboration and it really started with an airdrop request to accept a photo from an account claiming to be Donald Glover. And what they did was the boldest festival attendees who welcomed the picture were treated to the shoes. So it was really kind of creating hype around it. Did you get it? Did you accept it? Uh, Kind of really building that hype around it. And after that, they complemented kind of that stunt, as they call it, with uh, five videos that Clover released with the hashtag Donald Glover Presents, which really leveraged his brand to increase awareness around the drop. And the result of this was that the shoe launched exclusively on Instagram with shoppable tags and sold out within eight hours. So that's really the power of social media together with e-commerce on one platform.
1: I love it. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'd like to call out another uh, really interesting phenomenon that we're seeing, um, driven mostly in APAC at the moment, but it's called live shopping. So remember those days of QVC when you're watching, you know, you or others were watching uh, um, someone present a product and you can buy it right then and there and it was limited edition. So we're taking that. We're seeing people take that actually and adopt it to um, to to Facebook applications. So it's really around a way to enable brands to sell on Facebook and Instagram live video. So I'll give you an example. There's a Taiwanese brand called Lulu's who ran their campaign through a Facebook live event featuring fashion influencers with targeted mobile first video ads on Facebook and Instagram. And the combination of those two together, they saw a 1.6X return on spend for mobile purchases. So while we're still in early days of this, our live shopping solutions across Facebook and Instagram will enable people to connect with sellers in a really easy, seamless way when they see something they like during a live video, the sellers, brands and creators, similar to the shoppable Instagram tags that we talked about will be able to tag products from their shop and catalog before going live. And these products will be shown at the bottom of the video so people can easily tap through, learn more about the product and purchase them while continuing to watch the live stream.
1: That's great. So it's
0: really taking this integrated social, you know, commerce experience into kind of one and, and making it really integrated and a really fun experience for for consumers um, and a great way for brands to drive engagement.
1: I'll give you one one little anecdote. Just just the day to day, because I think I think you'll like this. So we have clients who do Facebook Lives, like normal, like the normal, you know, accessible to anybody Facebook Lives stuff on their pages to just their their organic followers. They record those sessions and then they cut them later into video ads to use in paid. And so it's not like, like if you're watching live, like, you know, you can still go to the side and they like say promo codes. It's not integrated like what you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. But then they also do the app part. Like it's like, it is like the exact behavior that you you know you're essentially productizing, and I've seen like little inklings of it. And the the data point that I could share with everybody is like some of those creatives, lo and behold, performed really well because yes. you know it was like the founder and she was showing you the makeup and it was like extremely authentic, like it was very like yeah, it was very personal. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's awesome. That, that's no. Awesome.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly that. It's really you know letting a lot of you know a lot of this is just. Seeing what brands are doing out there, and then yep. productizing it and making it easier for others to, to leverage that as well. But it's just been so exciting to see how people and brands are creating new ways to engage um, and, and, and drive, you know, that level of excitement and engagement and, and and discoverability on our platforms. And then it's really about how do we build that, or how do we work with partners who can help us build these um, th- these products and solutions and make it available, um, to, to a wider set of, of brands. Um, so we talked about some things that are earlier kind of in, in the process and really areas that we're exploring. Sure. Um, we did actually have one of our largest, um, updates to our Instagram app. I don't know if you if you, um, saw that, but yeah, I just wanted to call this out because while we don't, we don't take changes lightly because we really want to make sure that everything we do kind of put the consumer experience in the middle of everything. We did actually make a pretty big change where we added two new tabs to Instagram's homepage. The first is reels, which is our short form video. And the second, you know, related to our conversation is around uh, the shopping tab and really Mm -hmm. um, allowing users to navigate to the products that they, that they love, Um, and to interact with the brands on on our platform.
1: And at the risk of asking a, 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 a question to which there is no answer, if you create a Facebook shop, does that mean by definition that you're eligible as a brand to appear like in the Instagram shop universe or are those things somehow separate?
0: No, so you are. So if you're setting up a shop, you are eligible to show up on Instagram, Facebook, and in the future,
1: you know, uh, messaging what's up apps and so on and so Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, wow, yeah. That's great. Yeah. That was, that was like an announcement. I feel like I read about that like this week or something. That's like super. Exactly. Okay, last maybe question or two, you know, holiday season. I mean, is already super picked up. Like, that's funny. I was, reading, I was reading a blog post, like a Facebook advertiser group thing. I was like, when should you start running your Black Friday campaign? And it was like, start running it three weeks before Black Friday. And it's like, do words have no meaning anymore? Like, you, you know, what, what happened to Black Friday? Like, now it's just like months. Um, So, okay, holiday, like, what what are you guys sort of calling out, again, especially e-commerce focused around holiday stuff?
0: Yeah, it's funny that you're calling out Black Friday, because I really feel the holidays came really early this year, because I've started seeing Black Friday um, campaigns and discounts, you know, a couple weeks ago. But yes, the holidays are here. November 13th, we're like, holiday, holiday season. And this year is going to be a very different holiday season right everything that we talked about covid pandemic shelter in place the move to online um you know at facebook we love data so one more piece of data to share with with your audience here um a global survey of gen x and boomers showed that 50% care more about online shopping and picking up in store during this holiday season not a surprise sure. people are not hurrying to go back um into the store what is interesting you know maybe 50% sounds like a lot or not a lot But that's a 32% year over year growth. So expecting people to shop online is real. And we wanna make sure that brands and businesses are ready for that. So a couple of things um, that we're doing. And some of these will be, I know you have a very sophisticated um, audience of listeners. So some of this will be familiar to to, to, to your listeners but with more focus kind of around what we're doing in commerce um, on on our products. So three things that I wanna call out um, that will help businesses get more distribution and targeting uh, during the holiday. The first is ads with product tags. The second is shopping engagement, custom audiences. And the third is shopping lookalike audiences. So let me break this down. Um, Ads with product tags on Instagram really allows businesses to boost shoppable posts or create new shoppable ads in Ads Manager. The ads with the product tags maximize the reach of your product, sending users directly to a product uh, details page. And this enables the users to more quickly discover any information that they need, such as price, discount, product name, and and make the purchase uh, in a more convenient and seamless way. So that's one thing that, uh, that, that we've launched to help with the holiday season. The second is identifying your customers, right? And identifying who are your most engaged shoppers. So shopping engagement custom audiences helps you sort your shoppers based on how they engage with your shoppable content that we just talked about. So you can target those shoppers with any type of ad on Instagram and Facebook. You can choose to target based on all sorts of engagements with your shoppable content. You can have people who have tapped on your product, saved your products, visited your way, your website from a details uh, from a product details page and many others. And lastly, we've had lookalike audiences for a while at Facebook, but now we have shopping lookalike audiences, which will also give you the ability to reach net new customers that are likely to have interest in your brand. These are audiences that are most similar to your current shoppers on Instagram. Shopping engagement custom audiences will give you the ability to create a lookalike audience based on those who have given you signal of shopping intent. And those actions include both the activity that people have taken with your organic shopping content, but also with your ad content. So really enabling you to reach your most valuable users, but then also discover others in a world where you know that people are not going in the store, where you know that people are inundated with a lot of, you know, digital marketing um, content to really be able to to target your right users and drive them to to your store.
1: So these are just
0: a few... Of the changes, but you know the holidays are here. Um, you know, Facebook and through our partners, we're here to help um, all businesses and all of you know all of our clients to really succeed in this unique and slightly different, or very different, holiday season.
1: I love it. Yeah, the, the the shop stuff is cool. Like you could you could imagine a world. Well, I guess we'll see where you know you have a subset of people who want to engage with shop content and through facebook and instagram shop and you still have a legacy subset of people who for whatever reason are accustomed to you know going to the site and going directly or whatever and you maybe even end up in a point where you've got yeah like different lookalikes running different creatives like like there's kind of it's kind of like potentially like a new channel in the same way that you know you have the app experience you have mobile web you have desktop web and, and different people gravitate to each that's cool yeah that's yeah that's that's awesome um Okay, great. Well, I think, I think that's, yeah, that's, that's a perfect amount of time. That was, that was awesome. Thank you. Um, thanks for doing all of this. Uh, and especially thanks for sharing on the, um, like the tagging stuff and the drop stuff and the li- like live stuff. Like that's all uh, that's awesome. So it'd be cool. It'll be cool to see which of that sticks, you know, and, and becomes like a, like a broader full, full platform thing. Um, but yeah. Pre- appreciate the time. And uh uh, no doubt you've inspired many more people to hire agencies like mine. And for that, I, I approve heartily. There you I go. Thank you again. There you
0: go. Well, yeah, enjoy. Uh, thank you so much for having me, first of all. And of we are in the holiday season, as we said. So happy holidays. You know, happy happy shopping. Um, and thank you so much for, for having me on your podcast.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Happy holidays.
0: Thanks for joining us. To learn more about how strategic partnerships are enabling brands to champion the future of commerce, visit Facebook's Partner Directory at www.facebook.com
1: business slash partner dash directory. And we'll catch you on the next episode of MAU Talk.